Hello, Sober Town, and welcome. This is King13 joining you today with um, our lovely Karina. And I've been on this bit of a path lately where I want to talk about this subject. But first, I just want to talk about Sober Town. While you're here and after you've listened to us, I'd love you just to have a look around at the website. We have lots of things available for you to help you on your path in sobriety. Not only is there Todd's blogs, which he really delves into things about the mind and the body and the effect that alcohol has on us, but also we have a lot of people's courageous stories there as well. There is so much for you guys to just go and listen to. There are resources. There are recommended books. Um, I know for me I found it invaluable because when I started there was nothing there really like this out there in the market, so it's really like a one-stop shop. And most of the contributors, in fact, all of us, are people from the I Am Sober app. So I want to give them a shout out too because it's a really fantastic supportive community where people post um, just stories and things about themselves and their thoughts and you comment and you make friends. So there are plenty of supportive ways, guys, these days that you can help yourselves and uh, it'll probably be the greatest gift that you ever do for yourself. So today I am here with the lovely Dottie Pot. Good morning to you. Good morning or good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, thank you. Johnny Potts in the UK and I am here in Miami. So we are um, a lot of water between us, girl. So we there hope that the, band, the bandwidth is kind to us today, yeah. Um, and I was just going to say, we were just talking about you had an exciting day yesterday. Do you want to tell the listeners about it? Yeah, I did. I, um, As many people know, I've been podcasting with the lovely Polly A for um, oh, nearly a year on our happy hour. And we've been talking on the phone for well over a year and running ladies groups, etc. And yesterday I actually met her in the flesh. I met Polly A and Hound. Um, I've met Hound before as well, but it was just so great because Polly, Hound and I have podcast together too. Um, and so it was, it was just amazing just to actually be be together and actually hold one another. And uh, yeah, it was just, I'm still buzzing, absolutely buzzing. I've had the worst night's sleep because I'm just electrified and buzzing. Um, I feel like I've won the lottery. <laughs> uh, it, it's just amazing. Just an absolutely incredible experience just to, you know, Andy came with us and, and he said what he saw was just a real genuine friendship. And it really, really was uh, just, just amazing. Just, absolutely fantastic and uh yes i'm looking forward to meeting many more one of my, my plan is to come over to the states in 2023 so you better get yourself ready for a hug yeah well hopefully i might even get to you before then with a bit of uh, with a bit of luck and that brings me to the subject that i have been thinking about non-stop and that is the power in sobriety and the power of sobriety just there, you and Polly A have been podcasting here now. You're the OGs of Sober Town as a duo. Started podcasting over 16 months ago. And, oh, I just got chills. And yesterday you actually got to hold and hug each other. I mean, how fantastic is that? You know? Yeah. It's just amazing. So it is amazing. It is amazing. And I have been fortunate enough to meet um, Sheffy and Ra Rags and 10 seconds at a time and we mm. met up in Florida in Orlando and there's so many more because to think back a year ago uh, I'm sitting at 11 months now and you're further ahead how long are you now I uh, well I'm, I'm quite excited actually because um, as you know I wasn't that excited about my year for some reason no but actually ne this time next week I will be at 500 days and I am wow. really really excited about this one um since I got to the year just before the year I haven't kind of bothered so much about my milestones but I'm really really excited to yeah ne next Saturday night um at 25 to 10 my time I'll be 500 days um so next Sunday this time next week I'll have 500 hangover free days and uh Yes, I'm excited know, about that. It, I know it's exciting, right? Like I've been trying, I've been taking a, a sort of a, a hook out of your book and, and sort of thinking, okay, well, my one year is now 29 days away and I'm just sort of going to slide through into, you know, past the new year, past Christmas into it. I've got my present already. It's sitting under the tree. So I'm recommending to everybody out there who is on their sober path, buy yourself a little something for Christmas, wrap it up, pop it under the tree and open it on Christmas and say, you know what, 
I'm proud. Whether you're at one day, whether you're at a thousand days, just do it because little rewards, um, they just, they really matter. I buy myself things all the time. So, I mean, I got to the stage where I just wanted to feel normal and just, you know, be as one. And this is what sobriety has given me. So let's talk a little bit about this power of sobriety. What does it really mean? For me, um, it's a lot of things. It's taking your power back. Uh, I feel very empowered in my sobriety now. It was, of course, tough at the start. And, you know, all your mind and your body has to unwind and undo a lot of what's been going on if you've been a drinker like I was for a very long time. So that is, of course, going to take time. And they say with pause, which is post-alcohol withdrawal symptoms, it could take up to two years. So I've given myself that two-year bracket just simply because of the longevity of how many years that I drank. But I can honestly say at one year I have an inner peace, I have a humble calm, and I can't believe that I would ever feel those things ever. And I feel empowered. I feel back in control. I think a lot of what was going on when I was drinking was I felt out of control. I was overcompensating for so many things in my life. I was worried in just beyond belief. My anxiety was out of control. I wanted to make everybody happy. Um, I knew that I wasn't living my true authentic self, even though I was still me. And my husband has even said, I said to him, have I changed? He said, no. But what it is, is you're living your best version of yourself now. Do you know what I like? There are no more masks. And we've been doing these rewired uh, Zooms as well by Erica Spiegelman. And one of the chapters is authenticity. And when you know that you are truly authentically yourself and you're being honest and open, it doesn't mean that you're telling the whole world everything about yourself. It means that you can live and be in the present. What does it mean to you? Well, I think authenticity, I, I um, heard a podcast recently and uh, they said that, that literally, it might be been Erica actually, was saying that literally translated, it means writer or author of my own life, right. of my own story. And I thought, wow, yeah. And there's something that, that I know that I've been letting so many people, um, I, I had something called ACT therapy um, in the past, which is like a commitment therapy. It's values-based. It's different from the ACT that Annie Grace talks about. Um, and it's looking at your values and what you value in life, um, which for me was kind of family, friends, loved ones, work. Uh, but obviously all my drinking got in the way of all that really of, of all my of all my values um but I kind of realized throughout therapy that um I wasn't the person uh, that she used a, an a, an example about sort of being on a bus you know and there's lots of people chattering around and on your bus and it's about who's driving your bus and I realized at that point that I wasn't ride, ride, driving my bus other people were driving my bus and as I've got sober I've realized that that's happened all my life I haven't been writing you know driving my bus other people have but actually that was because I was always drunk I, I didn't like that but because I wasn't assertive enough to say anything about it um I just drink to cover it up. So now I'm taking back that control. I'm taking back that power. It's not easy and it goes through stages and it goes through fits and starts and I'm really having to work on my boundaries. But, yeah, I'm really starting to write my own story. And, you know, I talk a lot about this hula hoop that I go on about, that I sit in the middle of my hula hoop. That's my area of control. Um, so, yeah, I need to write my story from in there. I need to focus on that and not what other people are or are not doing and really focus on me. And the other key word that you said there was peace. Because I've just i been thinking about that a lot this week and about how at peace um, I am. And, and I've been reflecting on something probably about 20 years ago. I remember about 20 years ago, um, driving past. Well, I was living in Lincolnshire and I was in Boston at the time. And I drove past an undertaker's. And for a minute, I just wanted to be laying in that undertaker's I, I was envious of people laying in the undertaker's not because I wanted to be dead or take my life mm. but because mm. I just wanted peace mm. I wanted quiet I couldn't stand the noise of life anymore and now I'm looking back and laughing to myself and going if only you knew 
all you had to do was stop bloody drinking <laughs> and you would have been fine you know instead I carried on for another 20 years but hey we got all 20 yeah 19 years but we got there in the end so that's good you know what? I can't believe that you just did that bus analogy because this morning, and I've written actually here, I had a light bulb moment that humans are like cars. This is, I'm not kidding. This is all came wow. to me this morning. And I was like, the motor is the brain. And then there's the chassis, which basically is an analogy. It's an analogous of like, to me, it's the skeleton in the living organisms, right? So you've got your frame and then you've actually got the body type because we're all different body types, right? Mm-hmm. And then, I thought, and then we are the driver. This is amazing wow. that, you, like, that yeah. you brought this up. And I said, and sometimes we cannot get going and we have malfunctions and sometimes we're in overdrive and we're on turbo speed and then we crash and burn, right? But then we became, um, we become, what did I say? Oh, yeah, we can become a write-off in our mind, which is so true. Sometimes, like you said, you want to be at the undertakers and you just don't want to be here. And repairs need to be done. But everything can be rebuilt, including us. I just cannot believe that you just came up with that. So I put we need to drive at a cruising speed to achieve the balance in our lives for ultimate pleasure. And it's okay sometimes to go fast because those bursts of dopamine like you had yesterday are going to happen. But it's also great to go slow and cruising really is the safest speed so you don't crash and burn. And that's just so amazing that you came up with that. That's just it's crazy. It is. Because we are totally off the cuff. You know me, I, I'm, I'm terrible. I, I just literally wing it. When I'm in a fray here, I never sort of research or anything. I just go, yeah, okay, let's just chat. And I just go along with it. So, uh, yeah, even sort of miles apart, different level, you know, different stages of sobriety and stuff, but we're still thinking in similar ways. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 great. And, and you know what you said there as well? I like that about the cruising speed as well, because something I know that I have to do for my physical and mental health is pace. And I am right. what I call a boom and bust girl. So yeah, I'm boom, 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 so and then yeah. I'm crap busting. So, um, so I know I have to pace, pace, pace. But I like the word cruising actually. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that a little bit more now because pace can be, because I know I should pace, and it's something I've been doing for twenty years on and off. I like new words. I like new concepts and new ideas. I like visualization of me just cruising along in my nice old Morgan or something. I'm going to get a nice old car in my mind, you know, classy, but old, um, roof down. Roof down. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to do some cruising. (laughs) Because cruising has a rhythm to it and it's the rhythm of the mind and the body being one. That's Mm. the ultimate goal, and that's where I feel at the moment. Like I said, I used to overcompensate with everything. I was controlling things, trying to fix things. I'd fuss too much to make things right. Things were more dramatic than they used to be. All that's gone. I don't overanalyze anymore. And as I said, and I've said it many a time, the serenity prayer, and like you said about your circle, controlling just what's here, don't worry about what you cannot control and then have the wisdom to make the right decisions for yourself. I don't care what other people think anymore. I used to be so worried about what other people thought. No way. I just don't, you know, I don't, I don't worry about that anymore. That's not my issue. It's not my concern. People are always going to have thoughts. And with that um, circle and the serenity prayer, it simplifies and organizes your life, but it brings a respect back to your life as well for yourselves because you have your boundaries and you do develop them over time. I mean, this, listen, this is not all happening in five minutes. This is something that Dottie Pot and I have been working at for a long time now, right? A year. Yeah. And it's still yeah. going. I mean, I had light bulb moments like being a car this morning. So what does that tell you? I've got a long yeah. way to go. <laughs> you know? um, but, you know, the things that you put up with that you and you won't put up with now, that's a big thing too, that we would take on and put up with things before that, we never do now because, again, we've got that self-respect back, you know. Um, I actually, I don't put people on pedestals as much as I used to. Isn't that interesting? I've had some people that I know that I would put up those things, put up with things that they would say or do because I had them on pedestals. And mm. I don't do that anymore. I just see things very, I don't know, for what they are. 
it's a clarity that comes in sobriety. And again, it makes you feel more empowered. Um, the inner strength and confidence that you project, it is not fake anymore because a confident person doesn't have to be loud. You know, I don't know if you've ever been in the presence of someone who is just humble, confident, presentable, and just really lovable. And you think, what is it about that person? It's that energy that they present and you're just like, wow. And they're very rare. People like that are very, very rare. Um, and they don't have to be a celebrity. They don't have to be somebody that's famous. Um, I've met quite a few of them actually in my time. And you'll know when you're in the presence of somebody that mm. just sort of like takes your breath away. Um, yeah. So, God, what, yeah, what do you have to say about all that, Dotty Pot? Run with me here. Tell me. Yeah, yeah, going, yeah. I was going yeah, off track, I mean, you know. People like Pema Chodron and Eckhart Tolle and that, you know, springs to mind and that. But, you know, I can think of um, bosses, usually female bosses, actually, who are quite um, powerful in the most lovable, humble way. But, you know, they get the job done. And I think people like that do get the job done a lot better than um, the people that show their power and assert their power. Right, right. You know? There's a difference. Of, and you're right. I had a boss and they're, they're empathetic as well. They understand mm. where you're coming from and if it's a work situation, the job you're doing. And I always tried to be that sort of, you know, boss or manager where I was understanding they could, I wasn't definitely not perfect, but I was fair. I was tough, but I was fair. You mm. know, and anybody that wanted to learn and wanted to get better, I would invest in because a lot of it for me was about attitude. And again, it's your attitude in sobriety. You don't want to have that defeatist attitude. This takes work. We're not sugarcoating this by any means and saying, oh, this is really easy, but you are what you tell yourself you are. And my mantras that I have worked on since day one are now part of my belief system. That is the yeah. difference. I think mantras are really, really important, aren't they? And uh, But it's interesting, you know, because we're talking about work and, and the kind of boss that I was, I like to empower people. I think empowerment yeah. was really really important and to give people the confidence and help them to grow and help them to develop but it's something that I wasn't very good at doing myself um, and it's something that I'm still working on in sobriety and I think that's important to say that you know I've had people say to me in, in podcasts that well, you're done now you're done and I'm like no I'm not I'm working on this every day I'm not working um, on not drinking every day um, right I'm I'm working on sobriety every day, but I'm more working on myself every day. I'm working on my psyche and who I am and who I want to be and where I'm heading and the direction I want to take. And, and that takes hard work because you're having to change a lot of, of your personality, not necessarily of who you are, but who you've portrayed to the world for so long. Mm -hmm. and you know you're going to get saboteurs along the way in that you're going to if you're not strong you're going to get people that if you start asserting yourself and go no I'm not doing that anymore they're going to spit their dummy out you know and throw the toys out the pram because they're used to you doing stuff um so it, it's hard it's it's every day um and somebody said to me recently actually that sometimes it can be a bit like with boundaries it's a bit like with children, no matter how old we are, we have to keep repeating it. We have to keep saying it. Right. I, we can't That's say exactly it. right. Yeah, especially me, because I say something like, oh, you know, I'll say to Jack, I'm not going to do your washing anymore. If you want to do using washing machine, that's fine. You come along and you do your washing. That's fine. And then I'll have a good day where I'm feeling really good and I'll go up to his and I'll see all his washing everywhere. And not only will I do his washing, <laughs> I'll collect it all, I'll bring it to mine, I'll wash it all, I'll dry it all and I'll take it back <laughs> but that's so, different I think because that makes you feel good as a mum but you're also in the mood you're not being forced to do it no you know? that's a choice no. that you have made but I've given very mixed messages and that's no, no. What I need to <laughs> <laughs> but you're a mum you can get away with mixed messages you've only got one son you know but this is and that came up there I heard another saying today this is very interesting of right where you're at in life and me too because this is this explains it it says we may be through with the past but the past is not through with us oh like it yes so this is where it's a never-ending progress for us in sobriety because 
when are you through with the past? I've come to, and it gets back to that acceptance. We were talking about this actually yesterday in a Zoom. I've accepted everything that's happened in the past. I do not regret it. Um, a lot of the people are deceased, so I've laid it all to rest. Do I have all the answers? No, but I've accepted that I'm not going to get them. And when you can get to that point and you're back at zero, then only then can I move forward into the things that I'm doing now, like you said, about just working on being the best version of myself. And it gets back to that confident, humble person is never threatened by others. People who are threatened by others are very insecure within themselves. And insecurity can be a very damaging and suffering emotion. It really can, both for the person who's suffering <laughs> inside of the, the people on the receiving end. And I just wish that a lot more people would realise that it's okay to feel confident and secure and not threatened. You know, you, threatened is just what? It may never happen. Mm. I think it's, I, I think sort of a lot of people that drink have, have insecurities. I think we all Absolutely. have. Absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah. when we stop drinking, there's those insecurities because the comfort blanket has gone. Whoosh. You know, you've got nothing to hold on to now and you're having to face everything. And, um, but also, um, that, that made me think of um, Glennon, Glennon Doyle. Um, with tamed or untamed because she said in there that, that there's times like you know a lot of people don't like confident people you know especially women that's right like, right they'll start talking about or oh, look at her who she thinks she is and that and and when we're, we're drinking or just in society then that affects us um it does I, I, it's really good that you've got to place it doesn't bother you what other people think now uh I, I think strangers it doesn't bother me now I, what strangers think of me does not bother me at all. Probably people close to me does still bother me a bit, but I'm working on that because that's going to stop me from achieving my boundaries and goals. So that's another thing that, that I'm working on still. But, but that's the thing, isn't it? We have the power now to understand and acknowledge and know what we need to do and where we need to go. And, I, I think the power, the most powerful thing for me in sobriety, as you know, has been to use that word help and to know mm -hmm. that that is okay, yep. that it is okay and that actually I show my strength when I ask for help. Um, and that's probably been the most powerful shift for me and the most powerful word is, is help. And you just said it, knowledge is power. That's the common, everybody knows that saying, you know, well, most people do. Knowledge is power. And there are still more things to learn and develop, and I agree with you there. Um, you know, before, you know, we had really negative emotions, well, I did. You know, I had anxiety, depression, the doubt was there. I didn't trust myself. I had guilt about some things. There was loss of memory, saying hurtful words to people, unstable moods. I mean, there were so many things. All these things now I do not feel. I do not do. No. That's the power right there. I yeah. mean, they're self-destroying, and that's exactly where I ended up in the end. You mm. know, I was just in a dark hole feeling absolutely awful about the way I was treating people, particularly my husband, the way I was treating myself. And when you get that trust back in yourself and the clarity comes back and you, you are making good decisions, God, it feels good. It just feels so good because I am one again. I am back in that rhythm. The car's moving beautifully and I'm cruising along and I'm waving and I'm taking in everything around me and I'm looking at all the sights and I'm smelling the air. I'm using all my senses. And it's called, I think, being alive. <laughs> Instead of yeah. Being yeah, we missed out for so long. Oh, I'm normal. So long. Oh, whoops. But, yeah. You're normal. But it is. I think it's, it's, it's stable. I feel more stable. And yeah. I, for so long, um, people who know me will say that it was, I've, I always felt like that missing bit of jigsaw puzzle, you know, that I was missing. And it was interesting, actually, because we've just been on holiday and I did the jigsaw puzzle and there was one bit missing. And whereas before, I always felt like that missing piece. I don't feel that anymore. And it right. actually didn't, it didn't even matter that that piece of jigsaw was actually missing because it was like, 
well, it's complete now anyway. I mean, Andy did actually find the missing piece and, he, you know, it was on the floor and we found it and we put it together. But I just do feel, feel complete now. Um, it's, as we said, it's still work in progress. We still have to work and we're finding new things every day. But, hey, I've always loved to learn something new every day. That's always been one of my mantras. Make a difference to someone's day every day and learn something new every day. And wow, I'm doing both of those now just by working on me and looking at me and having a better understanding of, of what, what's going on in, in life. Um, you know, I used to live next door to a judge and he was 82 years old and he lost his wife. God bless him. And his wife was an alcoholic. And he said to me, you know, I said, you, you, they were married something like 60 odd years because she only recently passed. And he said, you know, I'd wake up every morning and I'd look in the mirror and I'd think, what can I do today to make my wife's life better? And he mm. did that every single day of the marriage, just one mm. thing to make her life, her life better, even through her struggles. And I thought, what a great attitude to have. It's not a big effort. It's like us working on little, little things every day about ourselves. They accumulate to greatness. They accumulate to being whole again until you get there. Um, I wrote down some of these things here that um, if you're really sort of thinking, well, where do I start? What do I do? I'm at day five and I'm still struggling and everything else. There is help online. Um, as I said, Sobertown can help you too. But I made some notes here that I'm just going to share with you. Number one, you've got to take back your power. And by, I think by getting sober, that's exactly what we're doing. You're giving yourself the gift and taking back your power in sobriety. You decide that what you need to have happen to feel back in control of your life. So that's a big decision. What do you need to feel back in control? I had no idea. I thought, oh, my God, how am I going to stop drinking? This is going to be a nightmare. You know? But I find what we need is our each other. Don't you agree? Yeah. We I, need I think support. We def definitely, definitely need support. I think that is, is the biggest thing. And that's what's made a huge difference to me this time round. I think to many of us this time round is that we found the I'm Sober app. We've had our communities. We've, we've posted. We've communicated. We've made friendships. And you're, you're with people that get you. They understand you. They know exactly where you're coming from, you know, because they are you. It is our own journey. It's different for all of us. But we get it. We get the lies. the same, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the powerlessness, you know, the sneaking around, the, the guilt, the, the being in the depths of a black hole, the wanting to be dead, the feeling dead, the looking dead behind the eyes. We get it. We know. Everybody on that community knows. And, um, yeah, I think sort of that is the, the most powerful thing is to get, get your community, wherever your community is, and, and reach out and ask for help. And, yeah, it, it's a lot more than just stopping drinking. You have to work it. You have to work. And that's, that's the power, is working it. And I think the power is in the decision itself. That was the most powerful thing I ever did, was deciding I had had enough. Mm. Right there. That's when everything changed. It was like going through the, the steel gates into a world unknown. Um, but I'm sure glad I did. Um, the next one is like these two, accepting your past because your past experiences actually may serve to help you identify your purpose moving forward, which is what I have done. I would not be here today. I would not have met you and all the other fantastic people that we know through the I Am Sober community. We wouldn't be doing these podcasts to try and help other people in their journeys and their paths. So I, it's a blessing. That's all I can say about my past. Yeah. yeah, we talked about fate yesterday and I'm saying that, you know, I, I do believe in fate and so I, I. I, I'm always, I'll always be eternally grateful for the fact that I was a junk. I'll be grateful for the fact that I came to the I'm Sober app. I'm, I'll be grateful for the, the fate of time in which it happened because of the people that I've met and the journey that, that we've come on together. And it is the, it is the best journey of our lives. It's tough, it's tricky, but it is the most important and the best journey um, that you'll ever you'll ever go on because it's about healing. Yeah, I was just going to say I feel like I've got a second chance, and I feel like life is young again. I'm 59, but I still feel like I've got really good years left in me and a lot of time to make changes, mm. to make it right, to make those dreams come true, to live yeah. authentically, to do what what I really 
I mean, it was really interesting though, because even throughout my drinking time, I did do a lot of things like work overseas and take off on my own. And yeah, I, when I look back and I thought, wow, you know, that was interesting decisions that you made because I was searching for something. I was going around the world working, searching for what? I don't know. I think no. I was searching for what was inside me and I was searching mm. for this. Isn't it mm. interesting? So you don't have yeah. to take a step out of the house to realise that everything you need is inside of you. Yeah. I think one of the things I, I learned and, and sort of through the sobriety journey was that, you know, because I've always moved on. I've never been settled. I've always been unsettled. House moves, everything. And I, I suddenly realised one day, my, one of my eureka moments was like, all you've been doing is running away from life, but you can't run away yeah. from yourself. You're still bloody there, Karina, so you need to do something about it. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it, isn't it? That's exactly yeah. it. That yeah. you can't run away from yourself. <laughs> and it's that you choose song, you choose song, sorry. Um, you know, I just haven't found what I'm looking for. Every yeah. time I play that, you know, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And I used to think of that. And I thought, you know, I thought what is it that you're bloody looking for, you know? Like, yeah. You know, yeah, you've got to make your own happiness, guys. That's you really, really do. And sobriety will bring you happiness. I have no doubt about that. Maybe not in the first two weeks, but once you get through yeah. it, you can't go around it. It is waiting for you. Um, and then it says, you know, accept your current situation. Like, basically, the blame, the guilt, the regret, the anger, they don't serve to change your position. Getting focused and taking control of your life, you can alter anything that you do not like about your current situation. And that is the truth. That also takes courage, depending on what situation it is that you want to alter. And a lot of us, I know in our sobriety, um, for me, security became really important, not making big decisions, staying where I was. I felt secure in my sobriety, uh, sorry, in my drinking, as crazy as that sounds. But if I had a drink in my hand, I felt secure. Isn't that ridiculous? But, but we knew, didn't we? You, you knew where you stand. You knew how you're going to feel. And, and it is it, it, it was is like safe. going home. It was, your it comfort was blanket. Yeah. Your yeah. comfort blanket, you know, and you're whipping it off because it, it, it's there. And, you know, interestingly, this week I, I did a picture of um, me with a massive mug of Starbucks coffee. And I'm like, but yeah. I'm still like this with my mug in the picture. And I'm like, surprise, looks good on me. <laughs> but I still got to get the drink in the picture because didn't we do that? You know, you look at pictures of us drinking and it's all with us. The pride oh, of pleasure. Always the glass. It's yep. our drinks glasses, you know. Like uh, arm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. Very it's crazy. ridiculous. Yeah. Always had the glasses because you know why? We thought it represented us looking like we were having a good time. Yes. Yeah. Celebration. That was us, mm, that was us having fun, drinking. Cheers. No, well, yeah. guess what? My whole life was a freaking celebration, girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next day, it wasn't. You know it what I mean? Oh, yeah. God. And this, this other one is what you just said before, knowing what your values are. What do you prioritise in life? What means the most to you? Um, this will serve to keep you motivated and inspired to remain sober. And this is where I'm coming up to now with the one year. I'm going to reset my goals in 2022, probably make smaller ones, but you have to stay motivated. Mm -hmm. This is a big thing for me in my sobriety to just stay motivated, stay vigilant and stay on it and don't get lax because, you know, we all know and it's, I know of people, and this is the great thing about the community too, you learn from others around you. Yeah. And I know of people who have slipped after nine years, 18 mm. years, mm. and it tells me that I have to stay on top of things. Definitely, you got to stay vigilant. And I, I actually had an experience this week. Actually, I was, I've been in. Um, I mean, two things we said there. One was that um, we, we went away. I took Andy away somewhere um, for his birthday this week. And the weekend when we first got there, there was no heating, no hot water. So for two days, we had no heat, no hot water. <laughs> in December in the UK, pretty cold, oh, you God. know. Um, but and some people said, "Oh, I just walk out, you know, and stay there." Blah blah blah. And and I'm like. No, I'm not going to do that. We wanted to stay there. We got some, we had some plug-in rads and it was fine. And there was only us there. So, you know, okay, if it gets a bit smelly, then fine. We can boil a kettle for a wash, you know, and washing up. And I'm, I'm like, there's nothing actually wrong with the situation. It is what it is. Um, the only thing that was going to ruin it was me losing my rag and going off about it. Because, right. you know, the 
the woman was trying her absolute hardest to, you know, she brought 26 heating engineers and this was a weekend, you know, managed to get someone out and managed to get a new boiler fitted on the Monday from the Saturday when it went. So it was pretty good going. And we still had the choice to go home. So, um, you know, that, that was that. Now, the other thing was that on the Monday, I had, I've had quite a lot of pain this week. And so I took um, a couple of codeine in the morning and a couple of codeine in the afternoon. And I, I didn't like it on the Monday night. Oh, my gosh. I felt drunk and it reminded me what it was like when I'd been drinking and being out of control. I was really snapping mm-hmm. with and think straight. I just felt absolutely dreadful dreadful and I went to bed thinking oh I'm not doing that again yeah it helped with the pain but it made me feel crap with the side effects and then next morning so remember people I'm 500 days sober next week the next morning that little fecker was in there going well yeah didn't like feeling completely drunk from that codeine but it was quite nice when it was just a little bit numb so what about Mm. if you just one codeine each day wouldn't that help you and I'm not talking about one codeine a day for for the pain which I did need on the Tuesday and the Wednesday that little voice there was going let's just have one little codeine each morning just to take the edge off I've never had a problem with codeine I've been on pain meds on and off for, for years I've never ever got hooked on them never got addicted to them but that little get in there <laughs> wanted me <laughs> to find something because I'm five weeks off of sugars now as well. So I'm not using the sugar. I'm not self-harming with that. I'm not gratifying with that. And so then suddenly from out of nowhere came this little codeine prank. But I put it to bed. I played it forward and I thought, well, yeah, you could take one codeine every day for the rest of your life. But it wouldn't be just one, would it? Because then after a month or two, it would be two. And then after three months, it would be three a day. And then before you know it, you're going to be hooked. And why do you want to numb anyway? Why do you want to numb this happiness and this joy? But Isn't that amazing? It moment. He's trying to get around. He'll, he does. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just, he's not linear. He'll come in with any addiction possible, I swear to God. And yeah. that's why he's still laughing at me about, you know, the, the, the sweets and the ice cream and things. But I, when I said I wasn't going to make any major decisions in the one year, yeah, well, I think I might have to reevaluate that as soon as the one year happens with all the eating that I've been doing. But, um, yeah, it's just, it proves to you, right? It's always there. Mm-hmm. The one shape, and it may, as I said, he can camouflage himself. He yeah. Can, he can camouflage himself. And that's, the tricky part, isn't it? Oh, I can't yeah. get you on sugar. I'll get you on the meds. If I can't get you on the meds, yeah. I'll get you on something else. Little bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that, if you identify also what you want to change in your life and you can get specific. Maybe it might be a job. It might be where you want to live. It might be some, you know, I don't know, whatever it is. But um, maybe you don't want to change anything, but at least if you're asking the questions and you're reevaluating all the time, I think that's important to reevaluate. You know, there's a difference, I think, between happiness and contentment. Now I'm aiming for contentment because happiness is, yeah, what? You know, contentment, I feel, I feel contented inside. It gets back to the, like I said, the peace, the cruising feeling, all that sort of stuff. That's where I want to remain. It doesn't mean I'm not going to get excited and I'm not going to be overly happy because that's part of my personality. It doesn't mean I'm going to get sad. I'm going to get sad too and I'm going to get frustrated some days and I still, I'm still fiery because, you know, I'm Welsh Italian. What do you expect? So, I mean, you know, I, I can't control a lot of that sometimes and I need to work on, on that and being less reactional, but I am way, way less reactional. Is reactional a word? I don't know. I just made it up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. See, it's definitely unedited people. We just make up words here. (laughs) It's okay to be reactional or reactive. I react less. Normal. I react react less to things like before I'd be like, what do you mean? And, you know, and and, and as I said, looking to things that weren't there and, you know, reading things that, you know, yeah, doing all that sort of stuff, being overly overly ambitious. Yeah, more appropriate yeah. reaction, I think, now. It, you know, we can react, yeah, but it's... Definitely. 
no, definitely just, you know. And the thing is, you know, what causes you anxiety? And you start by fixing the easiest thing, people. So I'm, I'm going to make a little list. This is one of my little goals for 2022. I'm going to make a little list and see what causes me anxiety now. And once you identify them, then you create a plan. And this is what we did back in, remember those earlier days too? <laughs> Sorry, Dotty Pop. We were like making plans about all sorts of things, how to deal with just dealing with the early days. That was a plan in itself. Um, we talked about this, identifying your motivation. You know, why do you want to do this? And refer back when your mind wanders, which you and I have talked about the healthy feeling of uh, never wanting to go back to the first couple of weeks. That's a healthy feeling, all right, the fear of that. Yeah, yeah. The, the fear of ever drinking again. Yeah, the fear of ever drinking again is just uh, Enough. horrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you have to stay vigilant, as we say. You know, you have to stay vigilant. And things that make me anxious is my catastrophizing mind because, you know, my worrying, my, my yeah. wanting to world my you know all the stuff that I'm working you know people know I'm working on that I'm working on it you know I'm not at list I, I can't save the world I can't save people but I do catastrophize a lot I do worry I'm, I'm a worrier I've always been a worrier um, I don't think I'm going to change that about me you know I, I'm, I'm a worrier and that's it but what I can do is train um, you know not sitting there ruminating about it going over it and just learning to to stop stop the thoughts from spinning around in my head and spinning me out and also asking yourself okay how much am I going to worry about this how much is it worth worrying about <laughs> can I control the outcome can I not control the outcome okay I've worried enough now can I move on <laughs> yeah yeah I've done <laughs> because like you said everything and I was the same I think women do tend particularly to worry a lot men might worry but they might worry internally and we worry about things that may just never, ever happen. Mm. You know, um, my mother used to say, oh, look, I used to worry about things. When your number's up, it's up and on. Why do you come out with all these sort of just blunt facts all the time? And she's right. And my mother was one who never worried about what other people thought. And now I find myself thinking more about everything she said now she's not here than when she was here. You know what yeah. I mean? All the reflections. And, again, maybe it's my memory coming back. But I am remembering more and more every single day. I don't know about you, but I'm like, where'd that come from? Wow. And it's, it's really good. So I know I'm unfolding. All that damage is unfolding. Will it ever completely unfold? No. But I'm making the best effort to unfold as much as I can, you know. Yeah. I think for me um, it's more a case of the, the crappy memories aren't as prominent they're not there so no much. they're not crappy ones no no I mean no. this is good memories yeah 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 the nice I think that's the thing it's not so much more stuff's coming back for me but it's the 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 nicer memories are more prominent now and the horrible memories are, are kind of there at the back now they've gone into the background rather than being in the foreground all the time and that's right. a really, really nice feeling really nice and that's that acceptance of putting them in the background. Yeah. They're yeah. there, but they yeah. are not on your mind all the time at all. You know, if you want to access them, you can, but I prefer not to. Um, and this is managing your emotions. This is something that I probably need to work on. Um, we cannot control what others do, only our own responses. And just take a step back and take a deep breath and focus on how you will adjust to new things happening. So that's what I need to do. It gets back to taking that pause and um, Cece and I did a podcast not long ago about meditation and just breathing. And she gave some really good, easy examples of what to do. So listeners, if you find that you want to learn how to just, you know, get off that manic path and want to learn how to breathe, go and listen to the other one because it's really good stuff. It is all in our breathing. And I find that I'm conscious of my breathing now much more than I ever was. I was probably in hyperventilating before, that's why, having panic attacks, and I haven't had one since. So that's a big one to work on. And then I touched on this, working on our attitudes and perspectives that may be holding you back. I mean, if you feel out of control or the victim of others, it may be time to address some of these assumptions. There may be stopping you from gaining the control you want in your life and shifting these will help you live on your own terms. 
I try and maintain a positive attitude all the time. And my mum also had a saying, if you can't see the bright side, polish the dull, which is true. That's what I do. And also the other one that I live by is never, ever, ever quit. So every time sobriety tries to get me down or try and come and knock at me, I'm like, you know what, I'm not a quitter. This is it. But when I was drinking, I would start things and never finish them. I don't know if you were doing that too. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll start knitting that yeah. stuff and not finish it. And now I've yeah. finished five and, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think the most powerful thing for me in, in that is, is, is the most powerful thing that, that's happened to me is the fact of the, the retraining my neural pathways. And, um, yep. you know, I still – caught myself a, a month or so ago going on about like oh bloody my back or my hips and like oh and oh it's winter so I'm going to be bad and I'm like no Karina it's winter it doesn't mean you're going to be bad it just means the weather's going to be a bit cold and blood 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 I just looked at winter it's just a season it will pass this too shall pass right. everything yeah and then I'm like you know oh knees I really love you thank you for everything you're doing for me hip thank you for letting me walk and keeping out of a wheelchair and back you know thank you for for keeping me as upright as you can although I'm I'm not but I'm really working on that at the moment but that has been the biggest thing with me is using the mindfulness and retraining my neural pathways and you know it was interesting because Polly said to me yesterday um so how, how have you been feeling, Karina? I said, to be fair, I've not been good the last couple of weeks, even though I'm doing all this positive stuff. So the pain's been bad. I'm really up and down. I've, I've realised I've been concentrating far too much on the people rather than myself because two months mm-hmm. running now, I've run out of medication, which I never do. I always know I have to order my medication. For the last two months, I've run out because I've been stressed with everybody else's stuff, keeping everybody else's shit together and dropping on my own, you know? Um, but I said, you know, I, I, on the whole, you know, they said, well, what's it like? Because this is your first full year of coming into a winter because last winter, obviously, in December, I was only a few months sober. So I was mm-hmm. kind of looking forward to seeing how this winter was going to be with having a, a good solid year under my belt. And I said, to be fair, it is better because I I didn't have to have my walker yesterday. I managed with just a walking stick and holding on to Andy. And Andy looked at me because he drove me to the meeting and he said, yeah, but Karina, um, he said last year, this time last year, I was pushing you in a wheelchair. And right. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yes, you were. I couldn't even walk through Chelmsford High Street, which is quite, a, you know, it's not a massive high street in Essex. And I needed a wheelchair for that. So it, and, and that was really helpful to reflect and go, gosh, yeah, what a huge, huge difference. Won't need my wheelchair there there will be times longer distance at the moment that I do need my walker but that's one of the things that could get me really anxious of like oh this could all change again I could be in my wheelchair again I could be my blah 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 but what good's that gonna do me you know I have to get over worrying yeah 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 this is now this is how it is and it's good. Life really is beautiful and I am no longer I, I I drank to fit in initially. I drank to numb emotional pain and latterly when I'd worked on quite a lot of emotional stuff already actually even in you know in my drinking I drank to block physical pain um so you know all of that's that's gone and I'm having to accept and deal with it all but it's all okay it is just for now even times when I'm you know in agony and spasming it is just for now it's not going to stay like that forever at times when we're really low and depressed or panicky or anxious. Um, it's just for now. It cannot last forever. It changes. Our changes change. You know, they, they, our feelings, our emotions, our pain levels change. And it is okay. It, it is what mm. it is. It is what it is. And you're doing your best to stop that, you know, the progress from going down. I mean, if anything, <laughs> the progress for you has got better by you know, in your sobriety, it's given you more strength yeah. and more power, even physically, which is terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets back to the most important thing being that self-care. You've got mm. to actually now realise that you have to make yourself yeah. that priority. Promise yeah. me. I'm not, 
number one. Number one. Yeah. I think it's very difficult, isn't it? You know, the, 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 it, the situations yeah. that come up, the, the situations that come up. And I remember, you know, um, when Andy was getting quite poorly before he got his sepsis, and we, but we knew he was poorly. Uh, but I knew that being around him at that point wasn't doing my physical and mental health any good. Mm. But I also knew that day because I I kind of knew I sensed I needed to stay and something was going to happen and thank goodness that that I did um you know because he did get sepsis and and if I had come home and not stayed he would have died 100 percent um Mm. but there's going to be times where we really the priorities change but I think as a general rule I need to start putting myself first but accepting there'll be times that we can't do that and that's okay too but um, I just need to be looking out for me more because you get frustrated otherwise. You know, that, that's another thing that I found myself over the last couple of months. It's like I'm always there for everybody else and who's there for me and blah, blah, blah. Well, actually, I'm there for me, but I just need to bloody do it and be there for me, you know. Um, why why rely? You know, something I learned at a very, very young age, I've always been quite fiercely independent because I learned at a very young age, you can't rely on anyone else. You can only rely on yourself. That's right. But Same. that's kind of, yeah. yeah, but that's that's kind of flipped lately. So I need to like, yeah, but no, you know, you're I was going to say, you know, you can I, lean. I need to be you, there for me. You don't have to. Yeah, you can yeah. lean slightly. You don't have to sort of push all the way. And it is nice to have somebody no. there for you, even just to do little things. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, being there for somebody is yeah. really big. Just having someone there, and and we know in situations that can be very tough. And I know people at the moment who are having some really tough situations with their children. And we're just saying all you can do is just be there and tell them you love them Um, and, you know, pray with time that things sort themselves out. But I've also learned as well, I've had a couple of situations where normally I'd be trying to fix things and force things. And this time I have just sat back Mm. and let things go and let some time just come between them, between me and the situations and it's actually turned out for the best. And I've not done that before. That takes a lot of patience, of which I don't have, because you want to fix things. I, I like to make things right. And sometimes yeah. you don't need to make it right. Yeah. You need to just let it settle just yeah. for a little bit. But you've got to listen mm-hmm. to yourself. As far as your self-care and your health, you've got to listen to yourself. I go to bed so early these days. I've always had a lot of sleep, even in my drinking days I would drink and then I'd go to bed at a certain time I was never a night drinker I mean obviously when I was partying in my 20s and that, that was different but now I'm older no so I've always had a lot of sleep and I do think it is probably the one saving grace that didn't put me in in the grave that I've, I've got I did give my body time to recoup because I've got to admit I wasn't even I didn't get hangovers in the end I didn't get hangovers for years I just didn't and I've always got up early. And the only way I can put that down to is getting sleep. I don't know what yeah. else it could be. Yeah. Because I'm human like the rest of us. Mm. But I never woke up groggy. Well, all I'd wake up feeling is, oh, geez, I'd like another drink and I was ready to go. <laughs> With, and I do, yes. But I do I, have I, an I exorbitant amount of energy. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Go but, on. That, but there was a point in my dream, uh, not not towards the end but there was a point in my drinking back sort of you know um in the 2000s that that I was like I said in my podcast the drifter it, it was just um I, I didn't really get hangovers then um I was just drinking I was working but I was just permanently more or less drunk you know oh, then maybe um, that was it maybe we were so just in it just in it at that level where one drink and you'd be feeling all right again mm-hmm. but then in the end I wasn't getting drunk either I yep. wasn't I was just sort of getting numbed out and then like well how long is it going to take me to feel a buzz you know but then I always drank just that certain mm-hmm. amount and I wouldn't drink anymore it was very strange my drinking patterns it was constant and slower whereas I've talked to other people they were like oh no I just pound 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 and drink really mm-hmm. fast I stopped that in my later years where I drank slower but con- more constant. You know, the days got earlier. So either way, yeah. people, we all know it's not good. None of it's good, no matter what the time of the day is, um, you know. And now we're giving ourselves, especially in our 50s, I'm closer to 60 next year. Oh, my God. I'm giving myself a chance to do, you know, to heal as best we can and, 
And as I said, I just, I'm glad we did this podcast because I really feel empowered. I feel really good. I feel strong. And if I can lose a huge amount of weight, I know I'm going to feel stronger and that's going to be even better. But, um, you know, yeah, people out there, take care one, of yourselves. One step first. at a time. Yeah. One step, one at, step a at a time. And yeah. it is. Oh, everything that we've covered today, as we've said, it's taken nearly a year to come to all these conclusions and find out. So we don't expect anybody out there to be feeling all this at once, but just know that if you can get close to a year, I think pretty much a lot of them are going to, you know, you're going to feel all of these great things. Do you think, Karina? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's fine. You can call me Karina on here. That's fine. Me, me and Polly call each other Karina. Said, so, "Oh, yeah." So I'm fine. Um, yeah, I, I, I think 100 days was a real turner for me. But we talked again about this yesterday when I met Polly, and and I was like, um, "Oh God, I forgot what I was going to say." Then, oh yeah, when I first started, it was like, "Wow, how do people get to a year? How did that even happen?" I know. It was like un. <laughs> It just, it was like a dream. It was like, I thought, how can people get to a month? Do you know what I mean? Like, I thought if I can make a week, I've really, really got this. I mean, hello. That tells you how bad I was. A week was like a year (laughs) away. And then one day, I think it was after about two weeks, I just woke up and felt great. And the pink cloud was as pink as you could possibly be. It was like, oh, yeah. yes, I've yeah. got good sobriety. And then I started to learn. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is going to be a long yeah. road. But now it's an enjoyable road. I enjoy it. I love doing the Zooms. I love connecting with people. I love helping others. I love talking and learning from like you, those above me, you, Polly. Everybody else has got more days. and. It's not a comparison show. I've learned that's another thing I've learned in this, not to compare myself to others in the same time frame, but just to look at everybody as a whole because everybody, like you said, we're all different. Yeah. We're all dealing with different things, and whether it be physically or emotionally. So to compare yourself to somebody else is not a healthy thing. Just just do, like you said, do it one step at a time, and reevaluate where you're at because all these things will come together in time when you've got time under your belt, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think, you know, but you said it right there, we're not above you. Nobody's above you. We are all equals. We're all on our own journey. And I just see myself as always walking side by side and people walking side by side with me. And and that's that's where we are. It doesn't matter if you're one hour or 10 years <laughs> we're all in this together we're all there to support one another and we are all walking no one's walking ahead of you no one's walking behind us we are all walking side by side because we are all just one sip away actually I didn't mean like well, above me I meant people that are further along in their journey but yes that's a very good point we further are along, all yeah. just one You're, sip yeah. away yeah. yeah but further along yeah well no we yeah. are it's so yeah. true um yeah. and I have seen a couple of people in my timeline and a few others that have had slips but again this is the it's not it's the normal thing there's very few people that just get it the first time it's you know mm. and the people who have been further along as well I mean, it's not to scare anybody. It's just to make you vigilant that it can actually happen. But if you do yeah. the right thing by yourself and learn and get your tools like we have and we, and being aware, I think the awareness of what is going on at that particular time, like you knew that that voice was mm. telling you about the co- You recognise that. So there, you're vigilant. You can do something about it. You can turn the thought around. Say you're not going to get me. Stick your finger up like you do at the alcohol in the grocery store, which yeah, I do too yeah. now these days, and say you're not yeah. going to get me. I'm on to you. So the battle yeah. isn't, you know, I used to carry my shield and sword and I'd be trying to decapitate him and kill him and fight him off. <laughs> I'm not as angry. I used to be a really, I was really angry in my early sobriety days. I was like, crush, kill, destroy you, you addict voice. Now I'm a lot calmer about it and say, okay, all right, mate. Yeah, no, 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 we're not playing this game, you know. So, it, you know, yeah. I've calmed down in, in that aspect because it was a bit like Xena Warrior Princess. I was pretty violent. But, um, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It was appropriate. It's whatever worked. Everyone said to me, exactly, everyone said, what? 
yeah. whatever it takes, whatever it takes, it doesn't matter. You know, she shield sword yelling, screaming at the attic. Yeah. I was so angry at it for so long, but that's what worked for me. You know, anyway, mm. so that's all I have on all this. Do you have anything else? Because yeah. now I'm feeling wide up and super, super empowered. Yeah. And- Pretty help the ladies no. who I've got to host next because I'm going to go in like the turbocharged Deb as I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just, it's been wonderful, wonderful to see you. And it's been wonderful sort of walking with you and, and watching you sort of grow and develop. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. You're looking amazing. You look fantastic. You're just full of energy, you know. And we walk together for, you know, nearly a year you and I, I know, and I um it, it's just it's so lovely when it's so heartwarming and so I know you're gonna make me cry empowered <laughs> and powerful uh, no so powerful when you see people when they've got it and they get it you know and it's just oh I just want to reach through your screen and give you a great big hug I now know, I'm a tears <laughs> from them so, so but you, you're amazing Oh, that's so sweet. All right, well, listeners, on that note, I think we better say goodbye because I'm going to go get some tissues. But um, thank you for listening. I hope we helped. Um, This is True, Raw and Unedited, and I just, you know, it's been a pleasure talking to you today because you and I haven't seen you for a little while and we haven't done one of these for a bit. So it was great. We we need to do it again. All right. All right, sweetheart. I'll see you soon. All right. No, don't be stranger, definitely. Bye, listeners. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.